This is Wayne Goldsmith, and welcome to Sports Thoughts. I've spent 25 years traveling the world, working with some of the world's best athletes, coaches, and teams, trying to discover what it is that they do, how they think, and what it takes to be the best in sport. Subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com to keep up to date with my thoughts on sport. Welcome to Wayne's World. It's Wayne's World with Wayne Goldsmith. Here's a man who's ageless. Wayne Goldsmith. Morning, Wayne. Well, mate, I wouldn't say I'm too old. I'm actually at a pathology place this morning just waiting for my annual blood test. And place opens at 7. And I thought, well, I'm a pretty smart cookie. I get here at 10 to 7 and first in line. And there was eight oldies right in front of me. I look like getting out here at 11.30 this evening. <laughs> Oh, well, it's good to know that you can pass some of the time by chatting to us. Um, and inter- uh, interesting topic that uh, you've come up with this morning and, and pretty pretty uh, topical as well because with the All Blacks being on tour, we want to talk about sports teams being on tour and the unique challenges that, that come with that. One of the things you mentioned, which I, I want to get to straight away, is the living together in close quarters because most of the time sports teams see each other at training, you know, even professional teams. That's, you know, once, maybe twice a day. They have the game in the weekend. They might go away for an away game, have a, have a night or a couple of nights away. But on tour... Five, six, seven weeks, often longer, living together in close quarters. How big a challenge is that for a sports team? It can be an incredible challenge. And it's also they're they're travelling, they could be tired. There's a different climate, different food away from home, under pressure, underperforming. And quite often there's a little bit of eccentricity about elite level athletes as well. They've got their little quirks and they like to have their shaver on the right-hand side of the basin or they like to have five pillows or they like to sleep with their head in a bucket or anything. And they can normally do that in their own room at home. And then once they're on tour, every step of the way, they've got to accommodate somebody else's eccentricity. And getting rooming right and travelling on planes right is a critical part of getting it right on tour for all teams. They often say that if you're in a relationship, the best way to find out whether it's a, a solid relationship or not is to go uh, to go on holiday with that person for an extended period of time. And if you survive it, then you're obviously meant for one another. Um, but, but I mean, we're talking about a lot of different people. I know they're of the same age or, or relatively the same age, and, and obviously they're you know from sometimes similar backgrounds. But there are a lot of differences in a, in a sports team, like the All Blacks, what, 32 guys, a whole bunch of support staff. Um, what what sort of stuff do deterring teams need to do to make sure that there's no um, negative impact of that sort of thing? Well, I keep talking is the main thing. Make sure the communication is open and flowing all the time and, and ensure that the players have got their capa- capabilities to build solid relationships, to be honest. I often say, guys, don't go to bed with something unsaid. Don't go to bed with something unsaid. And, and similar to your own relationships, you would think, that if you've got a problem, if you've got a dispute, if somebody's really annoying you, they're doing something, instead of allowing it to go two, three, four, five days or two weeks and then exploding and saying, mate, I hate the way you do that. It's driving me mad. Don't let it get to that point. Every night say, mate, listen, I don't want to talk to you about this thing you're doing at night, leaving your computer on and I'm not getting any sleep. Is there a way we can work on this together so that we all get a, a great tour response? So to keep those communication channels open, where possible, I often look at when I'm going to match teams a little bit on personality, but also on 
age and, and stage of development. So, for example, if you've got an 18-year-old in the team and a 35-year-old in the team, it might seemingly make sense to put them together so you've got a mentor guiding a younger player. But at 18, they're talking about maybe they're talking about buying their first car, they're talking about maybe their first serious relationship, talking about their first contract at 35. They're talking about their kids. They're talking about mortgages. They might be thinking about retirement. So just putting them together and say, yeah, well, that'll work. An older player, younger player mentoring each other, that relationship would be brilliant. But there may be some personalities and age and stage differences that retard that process and make it very difficult for everybody to get along. When we look at a touring sports team, we think, man, these these athletes are living the dream. They're travelling the world. They're they're uh, they're playing sport at the highest level. They're being you know looked after, uh, waited on hand and foot. But um, what about homesickness? Is this an actual common thing? It is, and depends again on where they are in their age and stage, their their family cycle. If they're eighteen, nineteen year old is being playing professional football for a short period of time, maybe homesickness is not such a big issue because they haven't had enough time to get to that stage yet. I often find it's the players who've got, they're in their late 20s, early 30s, and they've got young children. And when they're home, apart from their training commitments, they're taking kids to school, having breakfast with the kids, they're there for them in the afternoon. And the ones that have got the very close family connections, I find they quite often struggle on tour because they're away from the kids. But that's the beauty of things like Skype and about FaceTime and email and texting. and all. It's a lot easier for them to keep in contact with home. The other thing that's been tried, Piney, by a lot of particularly the cricket teams have tried this over the years, is they will sometimes say, well, partners and families should go along. And I've seen that handled very, very well. And I've seen it handled really badly. And as an example, if you go straight cricket team, on tour and they tried allowing the families to stay in the same hotel as the cricketers. But that didn't work out that well because they were never really consistently concentrating on their team commitments and their team dynamic because there was always that pull towards the family. I've seen it done reasonably well where they have all the family members in another hotel reasonably close by that allows the team to develop their own dynamic and to strengthen as a team but still have that family connection when they need it. What about the travel, all the travel, the airports, the uh, the, the planes, the trains, the buses, the uh, the toing and froing to get you from A to B, often over large distances? Are, are professional sports teams now putting a lot more effort into making sure that that all goes smoothly? Yeah, they do. I know there's a few aspects. Still, funny enough, once I finish here, I'm on a plane down to Cairns for a couple of days, catching up with my friends at the Brumbies this afternoon and some other work tomorrow, but... Um, there's a physical side, and we know that all forms of travel are dehydrating. So planes, trains, walking, motor vehicles, all the forms of travel are dehydrating. So the first thing is a physical thing to make sure that they're hydrating and refueling, eating and drinking the right things, minimum alcohol on long hauls, all that old stuff where the players that were leaving Southern Hemisphere to go to Northern Hemisphere tours at the end of the season having drinking competitions, that's way out the door. Well, hopefully, way out the door, certainly if professional level. There's the emotional thing as well, where you, you if we're going to Northern Hemisphere competitions, obviously uh, for New Zealand and from Australia, we're quite often going to Asia. Uh, then we're going through to Europe, so you might be 24 to 26 hours of travelling. That can be very fatiguing, can be emotionally draining, and make sure we manage our sleep really well. But it'd be fair to say we're moving towards more natural uh, influences and natural control, natural management strategies of sleep and away from 
with sleeping tablets. I don't know too many teams who now who are seriously advocating things like Spilmox and Valium and other sleeping tablets are really looking at things like meditation, relaxation, better nutrition, uh, dark glasses, earplugs to keep it quiet. We're, we're looking at more natural sleep management strategies. The other thing is just the straight management play. The, the, you know, you imagine you've got a squad of 22 players, you've got eight to 10 staff, you've got media, and then you hit Johannesburg Airport and there's 700 bags because everyone's got gear bags in. You know, we know over the years of different parts of the world, your equipment gets knocked off because it's quite valuable to have a bag full of, of all black gear or wallaby gear uh, and be able to sell it on the black market. So even making sure that your management systems are in place and having bags numbered from 1 to 700 and having players responsible for counting 1 to 700 bags as they come off the belt, partly to make sure you've got your training gear, but also to make sure that you've got all the equipment necessary for the team. So your management systems have become very, very sophisticated. Um, I know some places in the world we've made plans ahead of time with airport security so that we can actually have someone out on the reception area, not on the the baggage uh, conveyor belt, but actually out with the baggage handlers. We've had our own security guys there to make sure that we get all the things that we've loaded onto the plane. So these are some of the things that, over the years with experience, you just get better and better at the management system. So there's that physical side, the mental, emotional side, and uh, very much the management plan behind it. I'm sure tours are a lot of fun when you're winning. When you, you know, everywhere you go, you get a win, you pack up, you go to the next place, you get a win there. What what happens if it's not going well? If you, you know, you get a couple of losses, but you've still got some big games to come in the tour. Um, Is there, you know, a specific sort of set of techniques around making sure that that losses can be well and truly left behind once you head off to your next destination? Yeah, you need to have a a very solid group and a process around on how you're going to move forward because, Otherwise, it becomes, it's almost like being choked, Piney. I've been on tours where you've, you've lost it. I've been on a five-tour rugby uh, tour in, uh, spring tour in Europe, and you lose the first three, and it feels like the walls are coming around you because you're looking at the same faces and you're listening to the same voices about how do we get out of this mess or what do we do next? And the previous week, you've gone through the process and you've made these promises about more effort, higher levels of commitment, harder work, all that stuff hasn't worked out, well, what do you do now? Uh, you've only got a certain number of ideas within that group. So I think it's very important that there's a plan beforehand say, so, okay, guys, if we get to three and we're zero and three, what's our strategy? Do we have a break? Do we have some time away from each other and freshen up? Do we train harder? Do we change the dynamic around? Do we have other people lead the tactics? Do we drag someone in from outside? You've got to have a range of strategies to be able to fall back on when things go bad. And when things are going right, you're absolutely... When you're in you're in London and it's the end of the year and you're winning and it's Christmas time and you think it's the greatest thing that's ever happened, touring is the most wonderful experience of your life. When you're 3-0 down, and I can remember a story I was on tour with the Wallabies when Eddie Jones was at the helm in 2005 and we'd lost a couple. And I remember the, the decided response of the coaching group was basically not to sleep. So we played the Twickenham on the Saturday night. We got fairly well beaten. And not unusual at the time or even now. And uh, no one got to bed till about four o'clock going through videos. And that was a decision that they made. And I think we made even worse decisions as a result of being so tired. Probably the thing to have done in hindsight. 
Well, to everybody who disappeared for two days, done a bit of tourism, relaxed and come back with fresh minds and fresh ideas. Just finally, do you reckon there's some um, challenges around when you get home as well, when these players get home? I mean, they might have been away for you know five, six weeks or even longer, and you'd think, oh, their partner and you know would say, hey, it's great to see you. I've missed you so much. But do you reckon there's some cases where they've got so used to not having the person there and the player who's come back has been so used to being weighted on hand and foot and not having to pick up after himself as laundry or anything like that, that there's a bit of clunkiness when they get back together at home? Oh, absolutely, mate. And I know. Look, it's a shame you didn't get to meet my beautiful wife when you're over here, but she is the most patient, tolerant, understanding, and forgiving woman in the world because quite often when I've come back from a long tour, she'll give me another night away by myself on the Gold Coast for a day just to go through that process, just to go, all right, finish your report, have a sleep, do what you need to do, make your phone call so that when you come home, you're completely present and here for the family because... That's happened to me so many times over the years, Pony. I've come back from Olympic campaigns. I've walked in and for the first 24 hours, it's still on tour and you're still talking about the tour with people about tour. You don't sleep. You're not really listening to anyone. You're going through a whole bunch of emotions about, hang on, last week I was important. This week I'm just old fat dad cooking the dinner for the kids. So there's a whole range of things realistic and emotionally you've got to go, all right, that job's done. It was fantastic. Now my job's to be here present with my kids and my family, come back down to earth and slowly get myself ready to do it again in a few months. Brilliant stuff. I hope your blood tests get done before uh, it gets too dark tonight, Wayne. Great to chat as always, mate, and we'll, uh, we'll do it again next Wednesday. Mate, my friends tell me if I keep coming back to New Zealand, they might end up finding some Kiwi blood in me one day. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more sports thoughts, subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com.